Jenna Ellis in the morning on American Family Radio. Jenna, first, good morning. Great to be with you, the queen of talk radio in America. The left does not want to honor our freedoms, and we have a responsibility to fight back. I love talking about the things of God because of truth and the biblical worldview. Fill that void with a vision that runs so deep that it dilutes the woke agenda. Well, thank you, Jenna. Right from the beginning, I knew you, so it's an honor to be with you, and you're doing really well. Proud of you. Former legal counsel to President Trump, Ellis. Well, good morning and happy Wednesday. And I am so delighted on uh, this episode to be talking about the essential church. This is an amazing, amazing uh, new documentary. It's a full length feature film that I have talked about um, over the past couple of weeks on this show uh, that will be in theaters July 28th. Um, so go to essentialchurchmovie.com. And this is Uh, really the full uh, story of what happened with my clients, uh, Pastor John MacArthur and Grace Community Church in their stand to open their church in the midst of the uh, COVID narrative and the whole pandemic and uh, decide to take a stand against the County of Los Angeles and Governor Gavin Newsom. And I'm so uh, privileged to have uh, with me today, coming up in the next segment, an exclusive interview with Pastor John MacArthur. And uh, yesterday I was on today's issues um, as I regularly am as a guest with uh, Tim and the guys, and uh, was speaking about this a little bit. And um, and actually, that was before I, I uh, had this interview with uh, Pastor MacArthur. And um, so one of the questions um, that they asked me was whether uh, Pastor John had changed or maybe clarified his perspective on the Christian's involvement in government uh, through this whole process. Because um, I think for those of you who, listen, I know that this is a huge segment of the AFR family. Um, For those of you who have been aware and and affected by and personally ministered to um, through the Master's Seminary and uh, Grace to You and Pastor John MacArthur and Grace Community Church, um, it's a worldwide ministry. Um, There's a lot that Pastor MacArthur has said about Romans 13 and um, the purpose of government and and clarifying the role of uh, the Christian in civil society. And so that was one of the questions that I asked him. And, and, and I'm not going to reveal the response. You can uh, listen to that coming up in the next segment. But I think um, to me, as, as Pastor John's attorney and uh, for Grace Community Church, uh, for me, this was honestly the most significant uh, case that I have ever been involved in as a lawyer, and and I know that most of you listening um, probably know me better uh, when I when I first came on board here with the AFR family from my work with uh, President Trump, and um, obviously that was you know a, a great honor to work uh, for a sitting president, be uh, his personal counsel from the first impeachment uh, all the way through um, until he left office, and my role ended uh, with him. You know my conclusion of representation. And um, and even though that was, of course, a, a hugely significant uh, client and, and, and time period in American history, uh, for me as a Christian, um, I have always viewed the law as a ministry. Um, I have never viewed my vocation and my work as a career path. Um, I have always chosen to work in uh, job capacities and in roles that have been a calling for me and something that I could do to promote 
uh, the truth of the gospel of Christ and and frankly working for President Trump and having um, that uh, ability to not only impact um, American history and uh, with representing a, a sitting president, but also being known in that capacity, having the ability to speak as an outspoken Christian nationally, um, especially with the aftermath of, of the 2020 election. Um, and now here here at AFR, um, obviously that is something that you know was a, a momentous thing in my life. But uh, but this case with Pastor John uh, was the most significant area of um, of practice for me as a lawyer that uh, so far in in my ministry and in my practice uh, the Lord has ever given to me uh, as as part of my work. And the reason that I say that is because the church absolutely is so essential. And I knew that as a Christian and had a, uh, I, I think, a philosophical understanding of that. Um, certainly, I had had to stand up for my faith in various arenas before. And, and certainly in national media, uh, working for President Trump, the, the attacks initially were, you know, she's the homophobic bigot and blah, 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 um, you know, because I'm a Christian and, and I had to stand firm that I am a Christian and here's why. Um, I've gone through personal things in my life that um, have solidified to me, not only my faith, but also the role of the church and its authority in the life of a Christian um, and, and in marriage. Um, some of you may or may not know um, that I was married very briefly um, you know, to, to someone that um, ultimately uh, that, that marriage was dissolved. I don't even think, and according to my church, um, that w w didn't even qualify as a marriage um, under the biblical definition. And uh, going through that was very traumatic for me. This was well before uh, I started working for President Trump before anybody knew me. Um, that had that was something that was very traumatic that I went through. And I had to, with my church, with my pastor, um, a lot of you know Pastor Gino Geraci, um, and also with, I actually asked Pastor John ab about this later, well after the fact, um, just for his his advice on this whole issue. And um, he, he told me that he would have done things no differently than what my church did. And, um, and what I did was put myself under the authority of my church leaders and a board of elders that um, ultimately determined that um, this this man was uh, living as one outside of the church and that I was free. Um, and and that judgment from the church as an authority meant more to me as a Christian in terms of their jurisdiction and authority over my life and the institution of marriage, what it is supposed to be, what it is biblically, than anything that a legal process could have provided me. And as an attorney, uh, be, being, I mean, my, my whole life and ministry has been involved in, in uh, jurisprudence and in, in trial practice uh, and in the philosophy and teaching of government and civics, um, this, the worldviews surrounding that. And to see that distinction between what is the role of the church in a Christian's life versus the role of the government, I could not have gotten a spiritual biblical determination from the government. That's not their role. That's not their responsibility. And so that experience and life event, while it was obviously uh, traumatic to me, it was, you know, when sin is perpetuated on 
on you as a Christian um, or when we sin, we have an opportunity. Do we respond rightly? And, and of course, there are still people to this day that, um, you know, tell me, you know, how can you, you know, how can you say that that was, you know, okay, that, um, you know, technically, you know, there, there is a divorce in the civil judgment of court. Um, how is that okay? And, um, and, you know, no matter what anybody says to me, I know and am convinced through the authority of where scripture provides the institution of the church to make those judgments. I am so secure in the judgment of my pastor and the board of elders over my life, just like I would any other uh, type of spiritual judgment, church discipline, any of those issues, that I don't care what anyone says. And I'm willing to talk about it openly. And um, it gave me such reassurance because the Bible is very clear over the role and jurisdiction of the church. So then um, fast forward, you know, a few years when I am um, representing Pastor John MacArthur and he is taking a stand for uh, the jurisdiction and domain of the church. Uh, part of the reason that I believe that that now looking back, God used a terrible circumstance for good in my life was because when Pastor John first contacted me uh, to ask if I would be willing to help as as legal representation for this case, um, the response that I had and the theological underpinnings of understanding as a lawyer, the theological decision that the church made, I believe I would not have understood as fully had I not gone through that experience with my church and, and my uh, personal situation. And it's interesting how you know Romans uh, you know eight twenty always says that for the Christian, for those who are called according to his purpose, all things work together for good. And that is not just what we perceive as good things in our lives. That can be even the harm that is perpetuated, the tragedies, the things that, you know, people make fun of you for on social media. They make fun of me for, they say, oh, this is a blot on your record as a Christian. And I'm thinking, no, this just speaks to the truth of the gospel of Christ. And amen that my testimony can be such that I can promote the truth of the gospel of Christ and say, I am not a perfect person. Yes, have I gone through um, circumstances that are not ideal. Yes. And God's grace and mercy and truth and instruction in righteousness covers all. And so as I continued uh, on as, as Pastor John's attorney in Grace Community Church, their stand and their understanding of the domain and province and jurisdiction of the church, separate from where the government has jurisdiction, that's so clear in Romans 13 and elsewhere in the Bible. Uh, we 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 pray for our leaders. Um, we give them respect where their jurisdiction is, and if that is not in conflict with the Word of God as Christians, um, and and seeing all of that and standing up for all of that um, is is so important. And every single step of the way through my representation of uh, Pastor MacArthur and Grace Community Church, I saw their stand as a, a an affirmation and submission to the proper authority of the headship of Christ. And they were not rebellious in their stand. John MacArthur has, you know, likewise, like, like me, I get, you know, a ton of haters from all over. Um, Pastor John is a way more, um, larger than life public figure than than I will ever be. Um, and and his ministry has impacted so many more people. And he got 
so many criticisms and um, people that, that was friendly fire, you know, from pastors that would say, what are you doing? You're in rebellion. You have an arrogant attitude. You have, um, you know, all of these, you're wrong. And, um, and that was, that was very difficult. And he stood firm and his board of elders unanimously stood behind him and stood firm that they were not going to yield. They were going to submit to the church and of Christ as the head of the church. And that theological decision had been made by the church well before this uh, this case ever even started at, at its inception. And I think that that ultimately is the message here. Because if I had not in my personal life as a Christian, if my church had not made uh, its declaration of faith, if Pastor John's church had not made the foundational theological decisions before they were tested, then it's much harder to determine where you are and what you will do if you haven't made a decision to follow Christ, whatever the cost is at that moment. And I think that that piece of this story is so important because at every single moment, no matter what happened, um, good or bad, and and there was a lot of ups and downs um, throughout this case, any time that I would call Pastor John and say, okay, you know, here's here's what the judge said, or here's where we're at, here's, uh, you know, what the court said, his response was always the same. He said, okay, Jenna, uh, you know, thank you for that information. And so the question for us is, what would the Lord have us do now? And that needs to be the response of every Christian to anything that we face. Okay, what would the Lord have us do now? And this interview to me um, is is one that's so important because it highlights not only what Pastor John was thinking then, and he talks about that, but he talks about what he is now thinking um, a few years after the fact and why this this documentary is so important for instruction in and encouragement of Christians coming after. And this is why we have uh, Hebrews 11 as the great cloud of witnesses. And, and when we and we look at uh, what the Bible says, and I'm bringing uh, this up here real quick, um, Hebrews 11, it's, it's faith in action. And um, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And it's not bringing up the whole thing. Here we go. Um, by faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what we that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commanded as commended as righteous. And that goes down by faith, Enoch and his story. By faith, Noah. By faith, Abraham. By faith, even Sarah. By faith, by faith, by faith. And then verse 13, all of these people were still living in faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting they were foreigners and strangers on the earth. People who say such things show they are looking for a country of their own. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Isaac. By faith, Jacob. By faith, Joseph. By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. What more shall I say? says, I don't have time to talk about all of this great, great cloud of witnesses. All of these were commended for their faith. And then uh, Hebrews chapter 12 then goes on to say, if this will, uh, 
advance forward. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. For the joy that was set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And I consider Pastor John among these a great cloud of witnesses that by faith, by faith, by faith, which is believing in the promises of God, understanding the instruction in righteousness, and acting on that, that they stood firm. They did what the Bible commanded them to do, regardless of what government was telling them. And at every moment, no matter if you were a pastor looking back on this saying, wow, we should have opened our church, or if you are uh, you know, a, a person, a Christian in whatever circumstance is befalling you and where God is saying, believe in the promises of God, act on faith, regardless of what happens, you can be confident that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We need to be doing that. And this is, uh, this is to me why this case was so important and the most important thing that I've ever been a part of, because not only did we stand firm doctrinally and on the instruction and righteousness, but we secured an amazing victory that showed the faithfulness of the Lord. Because Pastor John also told me, Jenna, I think through this whole experience, you are going to learn a lot about God's sovereignty. And he was absolutely right. I learned more and grew more in my faith watching the faithfulness of John MacArthur and Grace Community Church going through this. And that is what this documentary tells. And it was an amazing project to be a part of. And I wanted to take this show to talk about that. Um, I'm going to be in LA for the premiere over the next couple of days. Um, so you're going to hear from Dr. Frank Turek tomorrow on this show, which is uh, wonderful that he can fill in for me as I'm, I'm out in LA with Pastor MacArthur. And um, I just want you to, if you can, uh, go and see this movie, support this mission on July 28th, go to essentialchurchmovie.com so that you can be blessed by this movie, by understanding the lesson of this very important case and throughout church history, what this shows in context, and that you can provide um, the opportunity, hopefully, for even more people to see this movie and the clear presentation of the gospel. Because the more people that go the opening day, the more theaters will say, oh, we can profit off this movie because everything, you know, they're not being philanthropic about this. This is all profit driven for them. So like the Sound of Freedom movie, the more people that go and see this, the bigger and more exposure it will have. And I have previewed um, the, the full screening of this film, and it is one of the clearest presentations of the gospel, but also where the Christian needs to submit to the true and proper authority of God through his church. So uh, coming up right after this, um, you're going to listen to Pastor John MacArthur. But right before that, I want to play the trailer to the Essential Church movie. Listen to this. God's truth is enduringly true throughout all the generations. It transcends culture. The church is always going to be an embattled people. If it's swimming with the tide, it's not being the church of Jesus Christ. Look to the past, learn from the past, because the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. China 
has more than 200 confirmed cases of coronavirus, it's called. The entire state of California ordered to stay at home. That's 40 California has some of the strictest policies leveled against churches. Gavin Newsom's executive order threatens jail time and a $1,000 a day fine. Government stopping people from going to church, Dr. Fauci. When I went into the White House, when I sat in on the task force meetings, was a shocking level of gross incompetence. The mortality rate from the virus was 0.2%, you know, 99.8% survival, rather than the 3 or 4% mortality that the, the people were saying at the time. The culture and the understanding of the people of Grace Church has always been, not only do you obey government, but you honor government. Thousands of people in the streets, but you can't have church. The hypocrisy of letting people riot, it helped us all understand one thing. This is not what they say it is. By meeting, we're testifying the government has no jurisdiction here. I was arrested and driven to a maximum security prison. The government has obviously uh, turned up the heat on churches. My daddy. (laughs) When the churches fall silent, the only religion left is the state. We needed to make a biblical statement because we always put ourselves under the authority of the Word of God. L.A. County threatened Pastor John MacArthur with jail time and arrest. We were going to be sued. They wanted Grace Church shut down. We wanted to go on the offensive and attack the health order as unconstitutional. This wasn't about health and safety. This was all about control and opposition to religious freedom. As the government gets more corrupt and more corrupt, snitches get rewards. Its totalitarian control has to increase. And you have to have a mask on. And as they shut down any attacks against them, this is not about freedom or personal choice. The last thing standing is going to be the church. Truth with love. This is Jenna Ellis in the morning. So joining me now is my good friend and former client, Pastor John MacArthur of Grace Community Church. And so, Pastor John, uh, this film, The Essential Church, is going to be in theater starting July 28th. And uh, what has this project overall meant to you? Well, it's it's been a it's been an all absorbing. Um, effort for the last really year and a half. Um, when we came out of the pandemic and we won the the case, um, I felt like we needed to give testimony to the Lord's faithfulness in protecting us. And I didn't want to wait 25 years until somebody wrote a book about the case. I said, well, this thing is still hot and everybody's still aware of all of the elements of it. We need to tell this story uh, so that when the next wave of hostility comes against the church, people are going to be prepared and they're going to see that you can take a stand and God will honor that. So this is really our testimony to the Lord's faithfulness that we wanted to to get out there so people can be strengthened by it and be ready for whatever's coming down the road. And, you know, we knew we had guys that had a lot of experience in media, but I had no idea that they were as good as they were because we'd never done a documentary before. So it exceeded all my expectations, and I, I think the Lord is going to use it to to give courage to Christian leaders in the future. 
Yes, I really think so too. And I've had the opportunity uh, to see this production and you're right. It is incredible. And it's such a clear presentation of the gospel. And also the churches stand not just in this moment from the 2020 uh, shutdowns and, and moving forward, but why it's so important that we understand the church's position as Christ being the head of the church throughout world history and church history. And so that historical element and putting this in context, I think was really important as well. And what do you hope that uh, the Christian and especially pastors take away from that message? Well, you know, Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are you when men persecute you and say all manner of evil against you for my sake. So that that's a pronounced blessing. You know, we, we know the part about blessed are the meek and blessed are the poor in spirit and uh, all of that, but blessed are the persecuted uh, that's that's a promise of blessing in persecution for those who are faithful to the Lord. And so we we want this film to uh, infuse some uh, fresh sense of uh, the continuity of the persecuted church through history. As important as our little piece was in our day, we, we wanted it to be much bigger than that. So we picked a time in the 1600s back in Scotland when the church was fighting for Christ's headship against the King of England. And it's a dramatic period of church history. But it illustrates this is not a new battle. I mean, that the, the I could say it this way, the headship of Christ over his church, that doctrine has come down to us on a sea of blood. That That has cost lives throughout all of church history. Um, it may cost lives again, but but Christ is the head of the church, and when He is honored and glorified, the gospel is is glorified as well. Yes, and and one of the the pieces now looking back at the phenomenal and amazing victory, uh, really that it was for Grace Community Church to prevail in uh, this lawsuit when it was at the very beginning. I mean, you know, me and my colleagues uh, who represented you in the church were saying the, the precedent right now is so against us, uh, but we are going to take the stand for the church. We're going to go on the offensive. And what I think a lot of people um, are missing from looking now backwards is how resolute you and the elder board uh, really were to take that stand when you thought it was more likely than not that you wouldn't prevail. And and I remember you saying that you were willing to go to jail and saying, well, then I'll have a jail ministry. And, and that wasn't a a remark that was well that's that's a possibility and it's 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 kind of a laugh off thing it is it was something that was a very real threat and a very real possibility and um so what do you hope that people understand about the moment of the decision to take a stand well i think um you have to understand this you can't predict what the future is going to bring but you can have convictions that don't change. The future changes, things come, things go. I don't know specifically what the government may or may not do in the future to the church, but it really doesn't matter if my convictions are biblical. And that's the thing that anchored me. It didn't matter whether they said, we're going to take away your parking lot or we're, we're going to force you to shut down, or we're going to make you wear masks, or we're going to do this, or we're going to put you in jail, or we're going to fine you. It didn't matter what, what that was. The only thing that mattered to me was, on what 
biblical basis do I take a stand? And whatever comes, it can't can't alter that. So that was the fixed point that I was at. And I remember you telling me that you had a conversation with the attorneys, and they thought we had 1% chance to win the case. 1%. And they were fighting for us. I mean, uh, they kept coming back to me in all honesty and saying, well, would you concede this? Would you would you allow this? Would you give would you do mask? Would you do distancing? Would you just do something that we can give to the city? And I said, no, because that's not the issue. The issue is that that the government has no authority in the church in anything. So it was the basis. It was Christ as the head of the church. That was the basis of everything. That doctrine interpreted for me anything and everything that came. Mm. And and I remember having those conversations uh, with you and uh, at every single point in the case, whether it was good news or not so good news and moving forward, God was with us every step of the way. And your consistent response to me was, well, Jenna, here, here's the next step. And what would the Lord have us do next? And that testimony to me showed uh, really, truly how much um, you understood that principle and you were willing to move forward in faith on the promises of God and on what he requires of you and the church. And I'm speaking with Pastor John MacArthur of Grace Community Church and uh, in, in the midst of this uh, really incredible documentary, The Essential Church, that will be in theaters across the country July 28th. And and Pastor John, um, one of the pieces that, that was new to me was uh, some of those deliberations uh, of the elder board and, and how uh, some of the leadership really had to determine in their own mind, that same doctrine of what do we understand is the role of the church? What is the role of the government? And um, has that whole experience for you um, in any way either changed or clarified your doctrine or your view on Christians' engagement in government and politics? Well, yeah, and I think that's inevitable. I mean, that's just something that's bound to do that. Um, but uh, but I would say just looking at the big picture, we were in I mean in the, in this nation right now. I think we have come to the conclusion that you can't believe your leaders. I mean, it doesn't matter what they say or who they are. There there's just there's no really compelling reason to assume the integrity and fidelity of anybody in leadership. Doesn't matter what what position they're in. Because the the culture is dominated by lies, but I think that that's that's sort of reached that point in the last two or three years. I think when 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 the COVID thing first hit, we we still had some confidence in people, and if and if there were any guys that we tended to trust and and gals, there were people in the medical world. If, if you were a medical doctor or you were in the CDC or the World Health Organization, there was an assumption that they're, they're truth tellers. They're going to tell us the truth. Um, and so the, the problem with our board initially was that they didn't know the reality of what this this virus was going to do. But they were being told, you know, really doomsday kinds of effects were coming our way. So I think the guys that were hesitant to close the, to keep the church open 
were looking at this from the standpoint of compassion. And then there was this cry about, you know, if you love your neighbor, if you love your neighbor, you're not going to make your neighbor sick. You're not going to kill your grandma and all that. So that was the hesitance at the beginning because we we certainly didn't want to be a part of of that. Um, That was the only hesitance we had. We never equivocated on the headship of Christ in his church, but we understood that, you know, these are science people. These are medical people. They they care. I think at this point in our history as a country, we don't trust them at all. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think uh, whether it's Anthony Fauci or anybody else, they they have basically been revealed as people who had agendas that um, basically overpowered their truth telling. Mm. So that's a new reality for them. But at the beginning, our guys were just wanting to be careful until we realized that what they said was going to happen was not at all happening statistically. And that's when the tide began to turn for our leadership. And and that makes so much sense because I think um, the entire world really uh, took just on on face what was coming from not only the coronavirus task force, uh, but was coming from uh, the response from world governments, not just America's leadership. And you have um, Dr. Scott Atlas in the film as well that was talking about uh, his own experience on the coronavirus task force. And then um, all of this attempt by the government. Now there's the Missouri versus Biden case, you know, three years later, talking about um, the, the government's intentional attempt to censor a discussion and the truth about the whole COVID narrative. And that is um, such a fascinating element of this documentary as well, um, to see how the truth was not only obfuscated, manipulated, but completely shielded at some points so that churches uh, like you and pastors like you uh, couldn't make decisions based on just that information, but really had to go and analyze uh, what you could discern for yourselves. And so what was that process like? I think... um... I mean, that was exactly the challenge. So where do we get the data that we really need? Because the stuff they're saying is not true. By the way, Scott Atlas has a great line in the film. He he says uh, he was on the task force and he said it was marked by total incompetence. I mean, at that high level in, you know, gathering this pe- this group of people supposed to save everybody's lives, there was incompetence. But um so it was not just deception. It was a combination of incompetence and deception. But what we ha- what, what I had to do was find some legitimate sources. And I was able to find them through a friend of mine who was a very, very well-trained and uh, long-term guy in the medical world who, who knew where the, the real story was. And so he fed me data that was legitimate data. And then it began to surface as well and in more public ways. So, uh, but I was being fed this from, from a very close friend in the medical field who was saying they're, they're not telling the truth. This is not reality. And so I was, uh, I was warned by that. And then when it became apparent that he was giving me things that were starting to show up, um, that's when the transition began from saying, and we need to be careful to this is not what it is being sold to be. And there were a lot of uh, pastors, Pastor John, that in 
the the immediate sense when uh, Grace Church put out their statement, uh, Christ is the head of the church, not Caesar, that you got a lot of pushback as, you know, someone who was rebellious or or someone who was uh, being arrogant or, you know, any of these other motivations that really didn't describe what was going on. Um, and I think that this documentary really shows not only um, the struggle, but also the doctrine that is true for all decisions throughout the ages. Um, have you had pastors now who were concerned about uh, Grace Church's stand then come back after this phenomenal win? And also, um, as some pastors have started pre-screening this film and come back to you and and, and um, either in an apology or with um, with a new sense of understanding and saying, now I get it. Yeah, I don't. I'm still waiting for for the, the group to show up because some of them were really vocal. There were articles written on why is MacArthur doing this? You know, they, they were saying, I mean, this is the basic argument that um, why are you wasting your ammunition? Why are you going to fight the government on this issue? Why don't you wait till it's homosexuality or something else, something more significant? Um, you, you shouldn't be fighting this battle. This is about a flu, a, a virus and blah, blah, blah. So, but my response was this. We fight every battle. Any attack on the church, doesn't matter what it is. We're not looking at the the attacks on the church and saying, okay, this is only a two, so we'll ignore it. We'll wait for a seven or an eight on the scale comes along. No, any assault is an assault that we have to defend the church. But I think it was it was really that we began to understand that they were not telling us the true story. And we got our elders to understand that. And we also came to the conclusion with the Christ, uh, the head of the church document that we did, that even if it was the plague, we were going to open. That we would we would do what churches did during the Black Death in Europe or the bubonic plague or other plagues in, in history. The church stayed open and pastors cared for sick and dying people. I mean, that's part of our calling in the world. The church becomes even more critical, you know, when when death looms in some epic form over a society. I mean, that would be true in any situation. So you, we're not going to protect ourselves. So we're going to leave it to the Lord, and we're going to do what we do. And I think what what turned out to be true from a scientific standpoint is we we didn't follow any of the guidelines at all. So we, we shared all of our diseases. We just, we all had robust immune systems because we were together with everybody all the time, hugging and shaking hands and fellowshipping and, and being together. And I think that that protected Grace Church to such a degree that the health department in Los Angeles had to post on their website that there was no outbreak of COVID at Grace Community Church. They were trying to shut us down because they they assumed that would happen. It never happened. And I think it's because from a from the standpoint of physiology, our our immune systems were just robust. I remember we opened for children and we had a thousand children show up the first Sunday we did that. And we never we never had any issue with ill children. It was an amazing thing. And I love what you said, Pastor John, that this would be true 
uh, to take the stand and to have church open and be the church to a lost and, and broken society and also to uh, the people who are members uh, to be the ministers of the gospel, uh, regardless of what scale was actually true about the COVID virus. And that's such an important point. And also the point of uh, this doctrine being true, that uh, that Christ is the head of the church, not Caesar, throughout human history. And and here in America, we are so blessed that we have a U.S. Constitution that protects exactly that, because one of the other contrasts in the film is how uh, Canadian pastors were actually jailed uh, because they didn't have the same protections of the, as the Constitution provides. And I remember um, in our very first conversation about the legal aspect uh, with this whole notion of, well, you know, are we being rebellious? Um, and my response to you was, well, Gavin Newsom in L.A. County, they're actually the ones that are rebelling against the First Amendment. They are not in line with our supreme law. And and it is such a great reminder of why we as Americans have to continue to protect our rule of law. And this case, to me, from a legal standpoint, really solidified that as well. And, and even though we didn't go all the way to the Supreme Court, and there's even a line from my colleague, Jeff Trissel, um, who was one of the attorneys as well, um, that he said, you know, so it may have seemed like, you know, we didn't get like this, you know, nine to zero victory at the Supreme Court. But this was the most important case because we won such an essential victory for the church with a permanent injunction against L.A. County. And so in just the last couple of minutes I have with you, um, what has that part of it meant in terms of that victory. And, and at the very end of the film as well, they show the the um, the, the plaque or the small monument uh, that Grace Community Church built there in honor to the Lord for his protection and his divine providence. And uh, that reminds me of what Old Testament Israel did that said, you know, build a monument to the Lord to thank him for what he has done. Well, I think the first thing that was amazing was that we won the case with a, with a judge the judge, our judge, was a man married to a man. You remember that. Yes. So he certainly wasn't on our team in terms of morality. But he's the one that kept postponing the case and postponing it and postponing it because he said, you guys can't try the facts of this case until you get past the First Amendment. So, I mean, that was that was huge for us. Um, we were... We were Deeply, deeply thankful to the Lord to the Lord for bringing you along, because your f- zeal for the First Amendment uh, was what fired us up to take the stand we did and to sue the state or the city or the county. That's a pretty heady thing for a church to do, and then to realize that Gavin Newsom um, lost the case. We, we could say, and I think in, in all told, it cost him about three million dollars it was amazing they they wouldn't they didn't want to lose it not not so much for the financial part they didn't want to lose because of the embarrassment of it and then to get a permanent injunction that they can never do it again was just more than we could have ever hoped for and it showed the the strength of the first amendment that's what came through in that case the the strength of the first amendment so I think Christians have to understand that that's a providence of God. That's a divine providence to give us that, and we need to use that. In fact, I in the film, I say that in a message from 1975, 
that if we ever get attacked by the government, we're going to use our constitutional protections. So that, you know, we have to use the tools that the Lord gave to us. So that's the strength of the First Amendment and reason that we need to be very, very careful not to let future politicians take that away. Absolutely. And the film is The Essential Church and will be in theaters July 28th. And I'm looking forward to uh, joining you in uh, L.A. soon for the premiere. And uh, Pastor John MacArthur, thank you so much for your stand, for your ministry and uh, for your witness, your testimony. And I consider you uh, one of uh, the great cloud of witnesses that will uh, will permanently from this moment uh, forward and throughout your entire ministry uh, be someone that is truly showing other church leaders and other Christians how to stand firm and obey the Lord and trust in his promises. You've been uh, such an amazing pastor and witness to me in that and have encouraged me in my faith. And I know that this documentary is going to encourage so many others that when the next thing happens, they can take a stand as well. And they can be confident that regardless of what happens, the promises of God are true. And he's the same yesterday, today and forever. And we can rely on that. So thank you for your ministry. And I just love and respect you so much. Well, thank you, Jenna. And I would just say one thing in parting. Uh, This nation needs strong men, and it needs to start in the church. Amen to that. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Pastor John. Thank you. Speaking truth with love. This is Jenna Ellis in the morning. Welcome back, and I hope that you greatly enjoyed hearing from Pastor John MacArthur. And again, I I would really, really encourage you uh, to go and see the Essential Church movie at uh, a theater near you. You can go to EssentialChurchMovie.com. It is premiering on July 28th, so a week from Sunday. And there are a couple of churches, about 100 or so across the country, that will actually have special screenings. Uh, this Sunday evening, and that is also when Grace Community Church will uh, reveal and have a a special screening for their congregation. I'm very excited to be there and be back uh, for the first time in way too long, uh, back to Grace Community Church in Los Angeles and be there with Pastor John MacArthur and uh, the elders. And um, and I think a, a few of my fellow colleagues Um, are going to be there as well uh, as the congregation that uh, just really ardently encouraged their pastor and elder board uh, will get to see this amazing documentary for the very first time. So please pray for us, uh, pray for this this documentary and for the impact of its message um, that, that it would just reach far and wide, because this is something that not only needs to encourage pastors and Christians to boldly take a stand and uh, to make that decision that we will follow the Lord and we will believe in the truth of the gospel of Christ, believe in the authority of God, believe in his promises and have that decision made before anything else comes. And and as Pastor John said, there will be more things that come. Um, There is no shortage of how uh, the government is going to come after Christians, uh, I believe even here in America over the next uh, years. And if the Lord tarries, 
then we will still go through some more things. And so we need to be firm, be standing up in righteousness and know where we stand before that happens. So EssentialChurchMovie.com, July 28th is the first date that it is out in theaters. And then let me know what you think of this uh, movie. And you can always reach me and my team, Jenna at AFR.net. And always, always, always do everything to the glory of God.